Hello! Just jumped on. Wanted to answer some questions. Wanted to make sure that... Uh, give a second for you to jump on. Just a little late having some technical issues, but I... My laptop doesn't seem to be working, but the good news is here we are and I wanted to answer this very important question. This morning, I did a Facebook Live about the kind of choice of, of who we can be at this time. During this time, we have a say as to who we show up as in this whole kind of game, in this whole scheme. When we go through a transition in, in, in anything in our lives, from getting a divorce, from changing jobs, one of the greatest challenges that we face is having to be in that drama triangle. Okay, victim, the villain, or the hero, or the guide. Victim, villain, hero, or guide. And most of us stay stuck in this victim villain dynamic. And I talked about this earlier today, and uh, it was, um, I talked about it earlier today in the uh, Facebook Live, and it was a very important conversation. People were getting really uh, activated by it because it brought up a lot of truth, and they were feeling that there was something happening uh, in their lives. They're feeling that they were stuck in some sort of a victim triangle. So, a question that I had uh, from one of the uh, one of the people who uh, were watching was my my family is all stuck in oh hey what's up <laughs> Doug and uh, Caroline um, one of the one of the uh, viewers was having a difficult time because. Uh, she is in a state in, in this whole COVID thing and before even this happened where pretty much her family disowned her. Everybody is pretty much playing victim to her. Now, the first thing that I want to say is the very first thing that you really got to understand is that if everybody is repeating themselves to you, this is, this, was, this is the question that I had is that you know, there's the victim, the villain, the hero. Okay, what if everyone's playing victim to me? What if everybody is playing a victim to me? Okay. Uh, what if you see somebody who's chronically being a victim? In other words, and, and Caroline, you kind of asked this, and I really wanted to answer it uh, kind of together and then give you some solutions for this. Um, it is not for us to call out somebody who's playing a victim. This is what I've realized. And this is, by the way, this is why I left chiropractic. Because imagine knowing what I know and then being a chiropractor where I'm seeing one person after another dealing with health crisis because they're stuck in an old victim story. And I would try to tell people and they would be like, no, I would get all sorts of resistance. No. You, are you taking their side? Are you taking their side? You do not know what is, and they would get triggered as fuck, especially who? White women. White women love to get triggered. And how dare you? This is not, and it, it, it is astounding to the degree that people 
want to hold on to their victim story. So I really want you to understand that and to expect that, oh, you've done a personal development seminar and you've overcome your victim story. You've now overcome that and you've now seen the entanglement in the dynamic. You've overcome that. You are empowered. Now you're gonna go out in the world and all you see, what do you see? Oh, you see victims everywhere. Oh no, just quit playing victim, 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 victim. Worst of all, when you're playing victim to me. Oh boy, don't you let me. And so what'll happen is you then show up seeming like you're lacking empathy, okay? You're seeming like you're lacking empathy because when a person's in a victim state, they don't wanna be called out. That's why what I did was, here's what I did. I got so tired of it, especially seeing um, disability cases, people on disability who are pretty much institutionalized victims, okay? In other words, in order for them to get over that story, they'd have to heal and get well and not be injured or sick or in that story of victimhood. The first step for you to overcome this is wherever you are in the ladder, in the victim triangle, victim perpetrator, hero, wherever you are in the victim perpetrator hero triangle that we talk about, your first step is to observe yourself where you are, period. End of discussion. Because I, as soon as I learned this stuff, I wanted to go and fix other people who were playing victim. I was even in a profession where patients would come to me and I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up, stop playing victim. I wasn't saying that, obviously. It was, it was just um, kind of like my, my, this tape that I would keep going and that would keep nattering and it'd be like, oh, this is not healthy. I gotta get out of here because this is driving me insane. I'm having to fight that little voice all the time. I had to leave my chiropractic practice. So I started creating these workshops and the patients that would come in and they would, they would overcome their victim story, all of a sudden they would start to heal. And then they would go out and they go, I try to tell my family, I try to tell my friends, but they're all stuck in a victim story. And I'm like, right, right, welcome to my world. And it's really challenging. And so here's, here's where it gets worse. <clears throat> If you try to call out somebody for their victim story, you're not going to get the response that you want. I can tell you firsthand, people pay me money. People pay me good money. They're hard earned money to help them. And they still, still don't wanna let go of it, okay? So sure as hell you, if you're not in this line of work and they're not, paying you to help them heal and saying, I'm tired of my own bullshit. That's what, that's what I, I love, you know, I'm like, are you ready? You gotta be able to, I want you to say, put your hand on your heart, testify, I'm tired of my own bullshit. That's the only way this is gonna happen. So now your question is, but what if other people are playing that victim? Well, here's the answer. If they're doing it to you, Chelsea, you were asking me before, if they're doing it to you, and everybody is repeating the same story to you and they're saying the same victim story. When people are consistently repeating themselves to you, think of the times 
in your life when you had somebody who you had to constantly repeat to and they just weren't listening. They just were like this wall. By the way, I've met you, there's a wall there. There's literally a wall frozen around your heart, which makes sense based on the challenges that you've been through. I remember working with you. It fucking took every last bit of my expertise of how many years working with people to just little bit crack through that wall. Okay, and I'm saying this because you're my sister and I'm saying this out of love and you're in this community and because you're in this community, I'm gonna take responsibility. I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna take uh, responsibility for you. You are responsible for you. I'm, I'm just going to um, guide you. I'm, gonna, I'm going to call you forward to your greater version and remind you that if everybody is repeating the same story to you, everybody is repeating a victim story to you and it's about you, it's, I'm not denying that they're, they're, holding, they're holding, they're seeing themselves as victim, they're diminishing themselves around you, okay? Of course they are. And it's time for you to listen to what the fuck they're saying. Because if they're all, everybody is disowning you, there is one common denominator there that what stops me from looking at, if everyone's disowning me and everyone's playing victim to me, I basically can turn around and go, what's with all these people playing victim? God, they're a bunch of sissies that would be a way that I would block myself from actually feeling the pain of the guilt of it. And in order for to transform and in order to heal myself and the relationships, I must first be willing, and I'm gonna go over the steps you gotta go through in just a few minutes. I must be willing to go into the guilt of it and to own that part. Even though that part didn't start with me even though I'm part of a institutionalized cycles of family trauma, I am willing to own my part in those chain of events and to heal from my victim story of what I experienced in my upbringing in those chain of events. In other words, I must be, a, I must be willing to first go inside and feel them and to instead of avoiding them by going by saying, yeah, what about you? What about you? This is basically what if everybody's saying the same thing and you're completely ignoring them, that's kind of like what Donald Trump does. That's a Donald Trump. That's a very narcissistic type of thing. It's what we all do when we're avoiding uncomfortable feelings. I did the same thing for years. I'm like, whatever. That's their problem. It's their issue. And they're all like calling me, you know, all of that. And it's like, it's time to start looking at it. So the first step is to own it and to see where, where, what, where it's happening. So here we are in a victim, you're looking around and, and Caroline, to answer your question, this is gonna answer your question as well. Here's what you do. And this is, by the way, I'm, I'm sharing with you the ninja shit I share with our clients in our group calls and in our live trainings. This is the ninja shit that not everybody's ready for. The fact that you're having this conversation, you're engaged in this group, it means you have some degree of intellectual ability and you have some degree of critical thinking ability and some degree of, wait, my view of the world doesn't necessarily mean it's always right. There's other perspectives there. That's why you're here. 
if you're if you're you don't believe that to be true and you think that what you believe and what you know is the end all and be all this group won't work for you because you will get triggered everywhere when other other um, opposing views come up it's just it's, it's not going to work it's not conducive to that so what do you do when you're around somebody who is stuck in that victim triangle here's what i do and I see it all the time. And so I would get triggered by entitled victims. These are the two things. As a chiropractor, I'm like, oh my God, you are an entitled victim. You are an entitled victim. And I was just like, ah! I would just want to scream, you fucking entitled victim. Ah! Do you know what I'm talking about? Let me know if you can resonate. Let me know if you can resonate right now. That's... How I, that's how I was like, ah, I would, I would get triggered by that. So how did I, how did I heal from that? How did I res resolve that? I had to look inside at myself and here's the question that you're going to ask. And this is a very Carl Jung thing. And I got this from John D. Martini. Anything that we observe in another person that triggers us is a mirror for an unloved part of ourselves. I'm going to say that again. And I want you to write this down. Everything that triggers us in somebody else, hey Alana, what's up sister? Anything that triggers us in somebody else represents to us a mirror for an unloved part of ourselves, a part of ourselves that we haven't yet embraced, that a part of ourselves that we've dissociated from and disowned and not loved, a part of us that we've abandoned of an abandoned part of ourselves. Does that make sense? Let me give you an example. I used to get triggered by victims. Once I learned this work, I'm like, ah, nobody should be a victim. We should all be heroes, right? And so I would see this victimhood and all of a sudden I get really, it, it would consume me. I would see it everywhere and I would see it, I would literally see it everywhere I went and it would just bother the crap out of me. So. I had to look at myself, entitled victim. I had to ask myself this question, where do I display the trait of entitled victim? In what form, and I go, but I'm not. These people want handouts. They expect the government to look after them. They, they want me to give free services to them. They expect free care. Like, I don't do that. I'm always asking for a fair exchange for services. I don't want anything for free. I want to, give i don't want to receive nothing i don't want to i don't want to receive nothing without giving something so how can that be me i am not an entitled victim and then i started looking the real question you got to ask is where in your life are you playing a victim it might not be in that form with healthcare or whatever but where am i so i looked in what area in my financial life am i being a victim Maybe I could sometimes play victim to Revenue Canada taxes. I could play victim to them. Yeah, I'll buy that. That's a little bit. Anywhere else, it's gotta, it's gotta, it's gotta land hard. When it hits you, it's like, it's just like, it hits you hard. It's like this punch in the gut when you observe your ego. This is a very powerful thing. The truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. So you want to look at the thing that hits you hard, that it's just like embarrassing, that, that your ego does not want to look at. It's so embarrassing. That, going there into that feeling is your ticket to freedom. 
it's where your freedom lies, okay? So I have to look, where am I an entitled victim? Where, where, where? Oh my God, when it comes to women. First of all, I'm a victim to my ex-wife, total victim. She screwed me over. She did this to me. It was unfair. She was expecting too much. She didn't appreciate me. Huge victim to, to that. And where am I entitled? Well, at the time I was dating a lot of people at the time and I was living under the entitlement that I'm pretty fucking amazing. I'm entitled to them just accepting me for who I am and not having to actually really make an effort in the relationship because I'm so money. I'm so money. I am, I'm Dr. Nima. I'm the shit. I have what it takes. I am the man. I'm the boss. So I don't really have to show up and be emotionally connected and really give my partner, really try to fulfill her needs because she's got to be looking after my needs first. Come on, I'm the man. I was an entitled victim prick when it came to dating and in relationships. When it hit me, it was like, <laughs> so the next step is what I, we teach our clients. The next step after that revelation, which is a mind fuck in, its, in and of itself, is that whatever you're triggered by, those victims that you're triggered by, you, my dear, are a victim. And it's wise for you to look where you're playing victim. Often, you're, what's, what's really weird is, Chelsea, look at this. You're playing victim to their criticisms. Instead of really listening to what they're saying, which is, we wanna be seen, we wanna be understood, we want you to get the impact of your ways with us, that's it, we just want you to see us, and your wall, which is there, it's there, sister. And you're not alone, but I see you. I see you. It's there. Because of that wall, they don't feel seen. Then they, from victimhood, they start becoming your villain. And now you're the victim to them. You're now playing victim to them. So your question is, where am I the victim? If you want to heal this, you will be the one to grow up. Which is difficult because everyone, not just guys, women too, Peter Pan syndrome. What's Peter Pan syndrome? It's the ten tendency of men to not want to grow up. We just want to be in our 30s, play video games, not really take responsibility for shit. Women have that too. We all are, why is that? Because when we have trauma, when you're traumatized, you have a, it's your, 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 as a young child, your neocortex, your adult brain isn't fully developed. So you're stuck in your child mind. You're stuck in your child brain. When we play the victim, we are all stuck in our child brain. How do you heal from this dynamic? You must first be able to observe yourself from what we call, what I call overview of where you're playing in this cycle. That's the most difficult thing to do because you're so convinced when you're in your child mind, uh, when you're in your child mind, you're so convinced 
uh, sorry, my phone is blowing up with friends just congratulating me on my engagement. I just got a ring for um, Diana. I just picked up the ring and I got down on one knee, the tears and everything. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun and ups and downs of emotion. And so I'm getting a lot of messages that are a little distracting. So back to what I was talking about. Um, the, the first step is the awareness, like shit, I'm playing victim. That in and of itself, Chelsea, when you get there, most people don't get there. Most human beings, I would say 95%, don't have the capacity to see themselves <clears throat> in that. They're just so stuck in that cycle. Their neurology is just stuck in that trauma that to pull them out is like, like, like for example, you, when, when I first talked to you, it was just like, and I can say that because you're my sister and you've attended the overview experience, which was pretty amazing considering everything you've gone through to be able to sit through for a whole weekend and then get that outcome and then have a shift with your son. That was amazing. But the problem is the work is never done. We must continuously go deeper in healing ourselves. It's not like, oh, I've done a retreat. It's done. No, this work of continuously going inside and soothing that child brain that constantly is running our lives is a full-time gig. That's why I call, call it trigger-proof. It's a lifelong practice and it's the most fulfilling one because on the other side of the, the, the practice and the awareness and the difficult work and seeing yourself and owning it and going, fuck, I'm the big. The other side of that is healthy relationships, is the hallmark of human existence is a secure attached relationship. That's the reward for the work. And believe me when I say it's worth the work. That reward is worth the, worth the work because I was just two years ago, even just two years ago, I was in a place where I was so alone and I was so disconnected. I felt like a hollow shell of an individual. I felt very hollow. Uh, did you miss that, Chell? I was chatting about you a little bit there. Um, I felt like a hollow individual and no real sense of love and connection outside because I didn't have it for myself because my nervous system was completely dysregulated. I was in a freeze-like state. Um, I was in a freeze-like state. And so just by committing to owning it and seeing my part in the victim triangle, that's the first step. So you own it and go, where am I playing the victim? Caroline, you're gonna ask, okay, you're seeing it everywhere. Instead of going, quit playing victim, which never works, unless they're open to the feedback, unless they're like, listen, I realize I've been playing victim. This is what my clients just said. Laura, who just jumped into our program, started off going, okay, I play the victim. I know that's my pattern. I want you to call me out on it. I'm like, oh, fuck. Dream client, thank you. And so at the beginning of all of our workshops, okay, <laughs> yes, at the, at the beginning of all of our workshops, I ask everybody here, I say, all right, do I put up a show of hands? Do I have your permission? We're all in a Zoom group, or if it's live, it's live. Show of hands, do I have your permission? Do you trust me enough to call you forward when I'm seeing, and I don't say call you out because the language is important because then you'll feel even more victimized and your nervous system's not gonna handle that very well. So, but if we all have an agreement that we're gonna call each other forward in that moment, 
Then what happens is when that victim story shows up, I'm like, ah, 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 victim. Most people aren't there. Most people do not want to be told that they're playing the victim. What do they want? They want to be heard. They want to be understood. Now, how do you hear them and understand them without consistently keeping them stuck in that story? I'm going to get to that in a moment. The way that you do it is by first going in and healing the victim inside of yourself. So the question you're going to ask when you see them playing the victim is, where do I play victim? Where am I playing victim? Once you see that, and you're going to be, in your case, Chelsea, you're playing victim to all of these people. And what's happening is it's incredibly painful to have your family members disown you and people push you away. It's incredibly painful to take that responsibility. There's feelings of guilt. There's feelings of abandonment that should come up. There's feelings of betrayal. All of those feelings are normal. The problem is if you haven't yet learned how to manage feelings and alchemize them and become trigger proof, you're gonna wanna do what most of us do is avoid and distract from them. And we start becoming doing, 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 doing. We start becoming distracted. We sedate ourselves, we numb ourselves, video games, whatever, fixing other people, go, 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 do, 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 exercise, drugs, whatever we use to avoid having to feel them, that's what we do. So the first step is to acknowledge where you're playing the victim. So you see that out there and it triggers you, just look and go, okay, where am I playing the victim? That will be difficult. You might need, because if you're that blind and you, you, you're like, I don't know, I can't. You're, you're not used to looking and self-assessing, okay? You're not used to looking and self-assessing. What'll happen is you'll probably, um, you'll probably, you probably won't see it. That's why it helps to have a coach, helps to have a mentor. And if you come to our, uh, our live trainings and stuff like that, when they're coming up, I'm going to announce a couple that are coming, coming up, especially how to connect to a disconnected child. Um, I'm going to. I, especially if you put your hand up, I'm gonna help you through. I'm gonna walk you through. You put your hand up and I kind of walk you through it and get you into your heart. First step is to get into the feelings of that victimhood. Where you're playing it. You can do it with me right now, okay? Put your hand over your heart, over your chest as you're being the victim to, the, to that person or, or whatever, where you have that victimhood. And then the next step is what you're going to do is we're going to get you back to your earlier memories of victimhood because now what is that victimhood is just merely your child mind. It's your child brain coming up. It's your emotional brain. It's your unconscious. And you're going to let that feeling really marinate inside of you and a memory of a, of a childhood memory is going to pop up where you are equally feeling abandoned and betrayed and vi victimized. And then what you're going to do is you're going to drop into your body and you're going to feel it fully and you're going to join that younger self the same way you would join a child that you absolutely love and just join them and validate all their feelings. This is the key. You must validate the feelings of your own victimhood. This is how you do it. This is the secret ingredient. Nobody's really teaching this. Why? Because I literally came up with this myself as I was doing my own work. And this is why I put together this. You validate 
the victimhood of your younger self in a way that you would for any child. You're like, Nima, it must have been so difficult for you to actually be left alone like that and rejected like that. That must have felt horrible to you. And you literally just empathize with the victim inside of you. And then, which take a little bit of time. By the way, on Sunday for our breath work, let me know if you're attending. Let me know if you're attending. If you haven't, I'll drop the, I'm gonna drop the link. Sunday, we're gonna be doing an inner child meditation, 10, 15 minutes before we drop into breath work so that you can literally have a felt sense reconnection with yourself. Hopefully, if you do it right, there will be tears that flow. If there's no tears and there's just a little bit of a connection, you've made a huge leap forward in your healing because it's really about returning back home to you. It's about the reconnection of the fragment of the disconnection that you made a long time ago to survive. And that younger self constantly wanting, playing victim, wanting someone to save you. Essentially, Chelsea, that's what everyone in your family is doing. But for you to point that out to them is not going to work. Come on, get over it and love me. No, that's your childlike self dealing with their childlike self. The only way to heal this is your adult self going first, soothing and understanding and empathizing with them. But the only way that that can emerge is if you go back to your victim state, your own chronic chronic victimhood, the part that you've been disowning, the part that you've been completely abandoning, the part that you haven't given proper space to actually feel, you're going to go and hug them for a while. You're going to go and drop into your body and get connected with them in a felt sense in the body. And you're literally sometimes like in the whole year that I was deeply doing this work, like deeply like climbing out of a hole, I was literally doing this to myself because I felt this horrendous do you know what i'm talking about this horrendous like a stab in my chest it was shame that feeling was shame it was like costochondritis okay it's this stabbing feeling in the chest often this is the solar plexus this is where we hold on to shame that whole time i was basically going like this i was soothing i would wake up and feel it and say it's okay i can totally see how difficult that must have been for you nima and I would drop in and this part you can't fake. This part is when you really drop into your body and you really let your younger self know how deeply you feel them. But you must first be willing to feel. There's several stages, I'm gonna go over them in just a moment. Once you've done that, all of a sudden, you now have empathy for your younger self. You don't judge them and go fucking victim to your younger self, because that's what you're doing. You're denying that part. You don't say that to a child, quit playing victim. No, you actually let them have their feelings. Once they do, what happens to somebody? When you hold space, especially when someone's really angry, and this was difficult for me because I work with clients who are triggered a lot. Many white women, they get triggered a lot. I'd say that, I say that as jokes because I want to trigger-proof you. It's a joke. <laughs> and so when it happens and they're and what I would, I would get triggered by their trigger, playing victim, until I realize that if I can just hold myself that feels so triggered by their 
feedback and criticism. I, in other words, I'm playing victim to their criticism and I can hold myself in those moments, like hold my younger victimized self, telling them, you know what, whatever they say is not gonna prevent me from loving you. Because what happens is when somebody criticizes you, you abandon yourself again. That's why it's so painful. So what if you didn't abandon yourself and you connected to yourself first, then what happens is somebody criticizes you and they dump on you and they emotionally dump. And what happens is you open up this bucket or a toilet for somebody to vomit their emotions out, especially if it's about you. And what happens when somebody dumps their emotions out and feels seen and heard? It's like a complete discharge of emotion. And you're gonna wanna use the words, it seems as though, it sounds like, it seems like, it seems to me that you're really frustrated and angry. It seems to me that I've been unconsciously, because I didn't do it on purpose, based on my unconscious behavior, I've been really like having you feel completely abandoned and completely disrespected and completely not seen and not, and it must feel, ah, here's a good one. It really must feel like you don't matter to me. If you can say that and actually meet it because you've already taken care of you, it must feel like I don't matter to you. It must feel maddening to not feel heard by me. It must be very frustrating that I've been completely blocking all feedback because of my own ego and inability to actually take criticism. That must be very difficult. It must feel like I'm a villain in your life. I, I really did, don't wanna be that way and I'm learning and I'm growing. And you actually allow people to un, like literally just puke it out. And that's how I literally just healed from my, with my parents again and again and again. Because my dad want, needs to be heard. Okay, great. But that's his childlike self. Even though my childlike self wants him to hear me. Uh, how do you heal that? Well, you empathize with them first. No, but they're the parents. They should empathize with me. Good luck with that. <laughs> that is assuming that they've done their personal development work. That they've faced their shadow. Parents here. I want you to ask the answer this question. What experience would your life have been if your parents took the time to actually do this work? You've been listening to the Trigger Proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live 
and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Well, what, how different would your upbringing been, have been if your parents abandoned their excuses that they have, time, money, it's scary, it's too scary to go back there in those emotions. I don't want to dig up the path. Those are the usual excuses that we hear. What if they were to abandon those excuses and for the sake of you and to grow up healthy in a healthy way, feeling resourced, not anxious, not scared, but really in your body and feeling safe and confident being able to speak your mind and be resilient to stress and adaptable and expressing your gifts through your creativity. Can you imagine if they took the time to do it? They have the same excuses. They had the same excuses that you have right now. And what's happening is it's passing on to your children. So Chelsea, this is for you as well. <clears throat> and this is why I'm doing, by the way, write this date down. Wednesday, April the 15th, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. How to connect to a disconnected child. Helping kids, how to help a child with their anxiety. I get this all the time. Help my son, he's got anxiety. He's got this anxiety problem. Help him. Mm -hmm. Prepare to be triggered. And here's the thing, this is not parenting advice because I don't have business giving parenting advice. I'm not a parent just yet. Bun in, the, bun in the oven, but but I know too much about neuroscience and I have seen patient after patient coming in and I've observed interactions between mothers and their sons or daughters before they're getting an adjustment. Holy shit, I'm watching. And I'm, okay, okay, here's the deal. My son's really anxious about his adjustment. Okay, he's really scared and he's really, uh, he's really shy and he's really scared and he's really, uh, uh. And then the kid's like this. And I'm like this. I have an idea. Mom, would you mind going outside to the waiting room? No, 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 no. He needs me here. He needs me here. No, but I have an anxious son. I have an anxious son. He needs me here. He's got ADD. He's been diagnosed. He's on medication. Poor child. Oh, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Can you please go to the waiting room? Just, just, just for a moment. Would you please go to the waiting room? In other words, I see you. Would you please go to the waiting room? So what would she do? She goes to the waiting room. Soon as the mother fucking leaves, I sit down and talk to the son. Hey, this is kind of scary for you getting an adjustment? Yeah, I guess it's a little bit, yeah. I'm like, is your mom really amped up a lot? Yeah, I guess it can be that way. Well, let me explain to you what's gonna happen. I'm gonna poke that area that's been bothering you. I'm gonna play around with it. I'm gonna push on it a little bit so that you can tell me where it hurts. And I'm gonna give you a little popcorn. Doesn't hurt at all, but it makes a little loud sound like popcorn, okay? Like popcorn. Lay down, and this kid will be like six years old too. Totally can connect with him. Why? Because me, I am in a regulated zone in my body. 
he, like a ch- the child, like a fucking dog, is not an idiot. They can feel you when they're around you. And your degree of nervous system tone and activation gets downloaded onto them. And they, based on how you're showing up, will live in a world of, the world is a dangerous place and we're all going to die. In other words, your nervous system, if that's giving off the message constantly, especially now, especially now, this is why I'm, this is so important. The world is a dangerous place and we're all going to die. If the world is a dangerous place and we're all going to die, if that's the energy that you're giving off, parents, this is getting passed on to the children. This is how intergenerational trauma happens. The world is a dangerous place and we're all going to die. So they show up in the office and that's the energy the mom is doing. And I have an anxious kid, fix my kid. And I'm like, fucking look at yourself. I can't say that in my chiropractic practice. I can't, I get, I get in deep trouble. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm only gonna work with people who are ready to face themselves and stop distracting from the, doing their own work. Anything that you don't complete in your life gets passed on to your children. Anything that you don't heal yourself, your children will have to deal with. In other words, you can't keep running and avoiding. It just gets passed on. That's why I keep asking my clients, I keep asking wherever I speak, wherever I go traveling and speaking, if I ever have a chance to uh, get on a plane again, I say, just take a moment, I get everyone to close their eyes, just take a moment and imagine your life if your parents 30 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, took the time to take a year and really heal from their own personal wounds that they grew up with. Fully heal, fully own, okay? Fully heal, fully own. What difference, what, what difference of an experience of life would you have? It's like, whoa. And I'm like, guess what? Do you want me to have the same conversation with your children in 30 years? Because if you don't, we will be. And you're just going to perpetuate the cycle. So what's stopping you? All of the same excuses that your family had, that your parents had. Daniela, what's up? I'm going to request that you go back to the beginning and you watch this. This is especially for you. And actually you wanna watch the earlier one from today. So you got two lots of content today for you to watch for sure. So the answer basically is to say, to raise your hand and say, I'm gonna do it. I'm going to heal from those old wounds because I'm showing up in this cycle of victim villain. I'm now deciding to be the hero but then now I see all these villain uh, I see all these victims around me. Well, guess what? That's when you're going to step up to the next level and you're going to become the guide. The guide is a really amazing part. The guide comes from the place where you're no longer judging. Or you're judging but you're able to see yourself in the judgment. And you're now able to to guide people and say, "Look, you are the hero of your own story." This is where you become kind of like a Yoda or a Morpheus. This is what I've been working hard and becoming. And before I wanted to be the hero for people's journeys. Now I realize I'm not responsible to be your hero. 
You are your hero. This was my spiritual evolution. I now take on the role of being your guide on the side through this journey. I've created this Facebook group so that I may guide you to what? To taking responsibility rather than reactivity for your triggers. And the shit that your partner brings up in you and, and you sit there and go, I'm going to a counselor every week. I'm doing the work. I'm going to a counselor, so I'm doing the work. And which is, sorry, but counseling is not the work. Why? Because you need to be called out. You need to have somebody call you forward. You need to have somebody take you into the darkness. Okay, and a counselor has, has got to be a pretty ballsy counselor to be able to come at you from a place of like deep friendship to go, dude, quit playing fucking victim. You know what I mean? There has to be that level. Most people go week to week, one hour a week, claiming your victim story and then getting validated. Oh, I'm doing so much work. No, 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 that's not the work. That's not enough. The work is literally a moment by moment choice of who you're showing up as. The work is a skills and tools and a strategy of self-assessment to be able to go, oh, fuck, I'm playing the victim again. Where does that come from? Ah, my childlike mind, my childlike self. I'm gonna take responsibility for healing that. That's up to me to do. So this Saturday, by the way, Mar eight, Wednesday the 15th, put it, put it on your calendar. It's a three-hour intensive. We can only take 20 people. We're going to talk about how to connect to a disconnected child. Taking 20 people, and I believe it's going to be 250 or something. I'm not sure what it is. We'll figure that out. 20 people on Zoom, three-hour intensive teaching you how to actually empathize with a child who's dealing with anxiety. Hint, you don't try to fix them. You heal the anxious part of you so that you can empathize and hold space for them and create an environment in their nervous system because of who you've become that then gets them out of the concept of the world is a dangerous place and we're all going to die. That's what ADHD is. ADHD is a distraction for anxiety. So is, so are eating disorders. So are bipolar. So is every illness out there is just a, an answer. Your body's intelligent way of trying to cope with anxiety, which is, comes from a childhood background sense of deep state of like alarm in the body and anxiety from a fractured, fragmented version of you, which is requiring you to return home to them. That's why, we, that's why this, group, this group is dedicated to keep on reminding you, every content here is to help you get back to that reality, out of your victim story, which where the ego wants to go, out of doomsday, because if you focus on this and you heal that, everything else will start to fall into place for you. I promise you because your relationship with yourself is the foundation of your abundance, of your self-worth, of your leadership, of your becoming a contribution, and the most important thing in your life, intimacy with others. Intimacy, the ability to be seen and heard and known. But your reactivity to your triggers blocks intimacy. 
my inability to take feedback from my partner and jump down and defend myself and say, what about you, blocks intimacy. Rather than being able to hold myself during that difficult moment when someone's playing a victim to me, which is what criticism is, someone's playing a victim to me and I wanna, I wanna defend myself, or somebody is, is sharing with me their f feelings and sentiments out of a wound. They might not be saying it in the most uh, inspiring way. And sometimes when they're in their wound, they're not able to do that. It doesn't justify abuse. It's just, I'm trying to help you from an overview perspective, show you that you have power, you have choice, you have agency on how your relationships go. You can actually have a say in how other people feel around you. Here's the question you wanna ask. How, based on the feedback I've been receiving, how do people feel around me? Based on the feedback I'm receiving from others, how do other people feel around me? Ouch. Ugh, they don't feel seen. They feel like I'm playing victim to them. Yeah, that's right. You're there, you're villain. So now you've become a victim to them. And then now you punish them. And then now you become their victim. You become their villain. Welcome to the cycle. Victim, villain, victim, villain. And then you'll find a hero. The th counselor becomes your hero. Now you're stuck in this cycle. The only way out of the cycle is to be able to see your role in it. And your role is just a role, it's not who you really are. You have the potential to be a healed, whole, a whole healed individual and a contribution to others, the hero to your journey, so that you can then help guide others out of the same pit that you saw yourselves in if you're just willing to look. Daniela, your homework is to go watch that previous one, watch it again, and then re-watch this one from the beginning. And I'm off to Vancouver. We're, we're off, we're heading to the ferry now. Okay. Hey, you wanna check out her ring? Come, come show your ring. We just got our, I just got my, my ring from my, from my sweetheart. This is Diana. Diana, say hello. Hi. So show, show your ring. This is her ring. We just got it today. And that's it right there. So she said yes. He's lucky. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Do you want to know how I know that I'm lucky? Guess how I know that I'm lucky? Because she tells me every day. That's how I know. See you at the next perfect time.